Episode 2 of the Warriors Creed. I hope everybody's had a great week. I want to thank everybody for joining in. Make sure you hit that subscribe and follow button. I want you to encourage others to also join in weekly every Wednesday and make sure they hit that like, that, that subscribe and follow button as well. Last week, we did an introduction of what it means to be a warrior or the definition of a warrior and also the definition of a creed. But I want to go a little bit more in depth today of why I actually did this, did this show. To be a little bit more transparent. Earlier this year, I lost my son to a tragic car accident in January. He was my firstborn. I had him when I was younger. And it was completely unexpected. He had so much potential and he was changing his life around because he struggled with mental health he struggled with anxiety and I saw him getting better and doing better and he wanted to help people and make an influence in their life the song that you hear before the show starts is his song he made several songs, but that's one of my favorites, and I play that in honor of him because it ties in with the show. His name also is Donovan, which means Dark Warrior. Our Dark Warrior is someone who is engaged or experienced in warfare. In a Hebrew, Donovan means a gift from God. So, the emblem that you also see on the podcast is that of a dark warrior. So we are all engaged in a battle every day. But our battle is not on the outside. We believe it is, but that battle that we struggle with is within. But even though we know that we go through that battle every day, we must have faith and we must believe that we will overcome and that we are priceless in the eyes of God and that we are definitely most certainly without a doubt a gift from God so in honor of him 
and in honor of us as people who are in daily battles every day. That's why I named the show what it is because it's a representation of the battle and the fight that we go through. But this show is not about destroying an enemy. It's about simply subduing it and overcoming it and living victoriously. The spirit of a warrior is this. The spirit of a warrior has clarity, focus, determination, courage, consistency, and unshakable faith. They are loving, honest, loyal, and possess self-control. They always are poised, never too quick to judge, never too quick to fight. They're fearless. When we recognize the warrior within ourselves, which is our true selves, we can exhibit a strength and a resolve without sacrificing compassion or empathy. The warrior views every obstacle as an opportunity and is not afraid to pursue their purpose with passion. A warrior is not this, fearful, selfish, impatient, temperamental, cynical, unforgiving, spiteful, disloyal, dishonest, or greedy. So I ask you the question today, what kind of warrior are you? Who are you? What are your values? What are your principles? What are your standards? I gave you some homework on the last episode, and that homework was to find out what your values are, to write down your values, and also to come up with a creed that you can repeat to yourself every morning to remind yourself of who you are, your destiny, and your goals. You should read that every morning, every night, and whenever you get discouraged, memorize it. Have it etched inside of your brain. Have it become a part of your inner being. So those words that you speak should already be a part of who you are. I'm not telling you to make something up just to say it. You have to believe in what you're saying in order for it to come true. If you don't believe in it and you're just saying words, it's not going to work. So last week we talked about three principles of change. Raise your standards, change limiting beliefs, and change 
your strategy. We're going to be going through all three of those in the coming weeks and months because I have a lot to break down. So the number one we're going to talk about today is raising the standards. But first, before we talk about raising standards, we're going to have to discover and find out what our values are. So there is a difference between standards and values. Standards affect your behavior where values are associated with your thoughts. Standards define our actions and our behavior, whereas our values are specific beliefs about what is important or unimportant. The beliefs that most people have or the beliefs that that we have, all of us have, are from the stories that someone told us are the stories that we tell ourselves. All beliefs that we have are passed down through generation through generation. We believe what we believe because we were told that this is true. And sometimes, you know, when we're curious and we want to know, we go and we study on our own when we should never just take anything at face value and say, okay, well, that's obviously true. We should go find out for ourselves and be curious, not to challenge, not to be difficult but we should always have that curiosity to search deeper so a person's life is a reflection of their beliefs people tend to go by their feelings more than what they believe about themselves We allow our feelings to dictate our actions. Feelings are our perceptions of the world. But our emotions that we feel are real. Science says that 36% of people are are only, only 36% of people are aware that they're having an emotional response. That means the rest don't even know when they're having an emotional reaction. So we have to learn how to become more self-aware of ourselves and self-aware of the emotions that other people are having as well. This is called emotional intelligence and we must become emotionally intelligent or emotionally competent. And a lot of times we misread people and we also misread ourselves. But in order to help people We have to first learn how to help ourselves. Everything starts with an emotion. An emotion comes from stimuli. It's either internal or external. And the the amygdala in the brain or the thalamus, usually that houses memories, usually brings up a memory in your past of something that actually happened that causes you to have an emotional reaction and sometimes we're not even aware of the emotions that are happening or why we or, or why we're starting to feel the way that we actually feel but emotions are not bad we just have to learn how to address and face our emotions our emotions are indicator lights that tell us that something's wrong like when an indicator light comes on your car it just tells you hey something needs to be fixed something needs to be changed so 
Emotions are indicator lights before something tragic actually happens to tell you it's a warning, it's a warning light to say, hey, look, we need to change our course of action or do something a little bit differently. So everything starts from an emotion. Then your emotions go into your thoughts. Then your thoughts go into your feelings and your feelings go into perception, your perception go into your, your behavior. There is a difference between feelings and emotions. Emotions last for seconds to a minute, whereas feelings can last for hours or actually days. Emotions ignite our feelings. Feelings fuel our thoughts even more, which actually becomes our state or our state of mind. Our state of mind becomes our reality or our behavior. So we have to learn not to give in to our feelings, but we first have to learn how to address our emotions. So we have to figure out what our values are, who we are, because usually everything comes from our belief system in ourselves. Like if, if, if we went through an abusive situation, our value may be to fight, to stand up for yourself, to protect yourself. So as soon as something may happen, we may, we may say, okay, well, this is how I have to respond to this situation. And we're going to be getting deeper into that because that is not always the best way to respond because there are bad values. So we have to figure out what are our core values from who we truly are on the inside, not what we have been taught by the world or taught through our family or taught through our environment or our friends. We have to figure out who we truly are on the inside. So we, so we need to pause. Pause for a moment. Take a deep breath your hand over your heart breathe in and out and ask yourself ask your heart what are my values who am I what matters most to me what means the most to me in this world is it friendship is it self-preservation? Is it encouragement? Is it self-protective mode? Is it autonomy? Is it uh, freedom? What are my values? Who, who, who am I? What matters most to me? And what, what values that I have that are actually getting in my way that I've learned from a toxic environment? American sociologist Charles um, Horton Cooley says this, I am not what I think I am and I am not what you think I am. I am what I think you think I am.
to read that again. I am not what I think I am. And I am not what you think I am. I am what I think you think I am. Too many times we go by the beliefs of what others people think about us. That's why that's how we form the opinions of ourselves. But we have to look at ourselves like an onion. And to get to the core of an onion, you have to peel back the layers so you can see who you truly are. It's like looking in a mirror and we cannot truly see our reflection. We can't see the light that lives with inside of us, that lives inside of us. We see a marred reflection. We cannot truly see ourselves because so many things have happened in our lives that have damaged us, that have that has that has stolen our true identity of who we are. Our identity has so many layers that we lose sight of who we truly are. And we end up feeling dissatisfied, depressed, unworthy, and unhappy. So how can we become who we truly are? If we're dis- if we're distorting, if we're chasing a distorted perception of ourselves, how do we become who we truly are when we can't truly see ourselves? Everybody's been talking about Simone Biles and how she pulled out of the Olympic Games. Whether you agree with what she did or not, that's your choice. Personally, I believe that she actually did the right thing. Understanding the sport, understanding what twisties are, and then watching her. And I believe and I know that she made the right decision for herself and she made the right decision for her team. So you can agree or you can disagree, but she made this statement that I wanna share. She tweeted this. She says the outpouring of love and support I've received has made me realize I'm more than my accomplishments in gymnastics, which I have never truly believed before that is a deep statement she attached her identity to her sport she didn't believe that she was more than gymnastics she didn't believe that she was more than what she actually did she only found her identity in being an Olympian. And there's this book out there called The Five Levels of Attachment. We as people, a lot of times we attach ourselves to things. The first attachment and the only attachment that we truly should have is, number one, the authentic self. 
that's our true self. Our true self is learning how to live in the now, enjoying the present situation, not affected by the outcome. We're just simply enjoying life. That is the ideal. So it's like watching a football game and enjoying the game, not rooting for either team. When you do that, and I try to practice that, you see the beauty of the sport. When you choose sides, you get disappointed. You get upset when your team loses or the one that you are rooting for actually loses. But when you just watch the game impartially and enjoy it, you see the beauty of it. So too many times we miss the beauty of life because we spend so much time attaching our identity to something outside of ourselves or worried about the opinions of other people and we don't even know who we are. So we have to learn how to find out who we are and live life joyfully, peacefully, and harmoniously. So we have to learn how to be in the now. The second level of attachment is where it gets a little tricky. This is where people start to move away slowly from their true identity. And it goes to pref preference. This is where someone starts to get emotionally involved. It's like if someone is a Cowboys fan and someone's a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. And you watch them play. Then with the Cowboys lose, you're going to have a bad day. You're going to take it personal. Like you lost. So you become emotionally involved. You have a preference to a particular thing. It's the same thing with political parties. You have a you have a preference maybe to to um, a Republican, Democrat, or Independent, or you have a preference to hot dogs or hamburgers or pizza. I, I like this one better than I like the other one. And you get emotionally involved if someone says, hey, we're having pizza, and then they change it to something else, then you get upset because you became emotionally attached to what you wanted on the outside. So we become emotionally attached to preferences. Um, it can be to a school or, or anything. So but that's that's not too that's not too bad. So the next one is where most society is in is in is levels three and four. Now, level three is identification or identity. This is where people must agree with your point of view. This is where if someone disagrees with you, you get upset at upset with them. So if someone doesn't believe that your football team or baseball team is the best team, it upsets you. So you went from, from enjoying the game to becoming emotionally attached to now you identify yourself as a part of the team or a part of a par party, a political party or a part of a particular 
organization. So now if someone doesn't agree with your choices, you become upset. Then the next one is internalization. This is where people find their self-worth through that outside entity. So if you identify with a particular, and I keep talking sports or a political party because it's better to understand. If you identify with a particular team or a particular party, if someone rejects your stance on believing that you're Republican or Democrat, you take it personally as though they have rejected you. And if they accept your choice, then you take it as though they have accepted you as an individual and as a person. So we identify ourselves with political parties, with teams, and so many things that are outside of us. Then the fifth is fanaticism. This is where you see other people who don't believe as you do as your enemy. You're willing to kill or to die for what you have attached yourself to. That can even be a particular religion or it could be anything. So you could become extremely fanatical. And if someone doesn't believe the way that you do, they are your enemy. You no longer see them as your friend because we attach ourselves to things that are outside of us. And this is not how it is actually supposed to be. We have to ask ourselves, who are you? Who are you? What makes you, you? What makes you the person that you are? If you strip every single thing away from you in life, your education, your car, your money, your house, your friends, who are you? Because we identify ourselves through attachments. If you ask somebody who they are, they'll tell you always what they do. I work for such and such corporation, or I'm a Christian, or I'm a Buddhist, or, you know, or I'm a bodybuilder, or I'm a personal trainer, I'm a pilot. If you take those things away from you, if you lost your jobs, if you lost your education, if you no longer had those things, who are you? This is why people get so depressed because they attach themselves to things outside of themselves. And so the enemy of this world knows that they remove those external external things away from you because you have attached yourself to, to, to it. They can control you. So we attach ourselves to things. So if someone removes your education, or you lose your job, or they take away a degree or take away your money, you feel inadequate and like you're nothing. But we are not what we do. Our value doesn't come from what we do. It comes from who we are or whose we are. 
I find my value in knowing and believing that I was made in the image of God. And I know that he loves me no matter what. There's nothing you can do to make him love you more or to make him love you less. So our value doesn't come from the things that we actually do or the things that we accomplish. So if you are Christian and you die and you go to heaven, Christ is not going to ask you. And say, hey, you won a Super Bowl. He's not going to say, hey, um, you, 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 you got a college degree or you worked here for so many years. Well done. He's going to ask you, what did you do with your life? I don't care about your accomplishments. I don't care about the things that you acquired. What did you do with your life? In other words, how did you live your life? Did you live your life accordingly to how it was supposed to be lived? Did you do good to others? Did you love your family? Did you learn how to enjoy life? Or did you spend your time working, working, working for rewards that were going to pass away? Too many times we focus on getting rewards from this world instead of working on rewards from for the next life. And the way you get rewards from the next life is based off of how you live your life in this life by how you treat others and how you responded to the trials and tribulations that you went through. Did you give up? Did you give in? Did you lose your focus? Did you let something sidetrack you from becoming the person that you were supposed to be. So what are our values? I'm going to give you a list of 30 values. I'm going to read them off real quick. You might have some values that you've already written down. And I might say something on this list that you may not have even thought of. Is it loyalty? Honesty? Compassion? Integrity? Love? Wisdom? Patience, strength, excellence, faith, open-mindedness, sharing, resilience, accountability, accountability, gratefulness, humility, kindness, respect, forgiveness, dependability, optimism, passion, reliability, spirituality, health, fitness, stewardship, or equality those are just 30 values there's several more out there so what I want you to do is I want to rank I want you to rank which values that you wrote down on your list which are the most important to you someone's number one value may be compassion and integrity might be next so rank your values come up with six to ten values write them down and rank them from most important to least important 
Then when you write your values and you rank them, I want you to write the origins next to your values to figure out if they are your true values or influenced by outside parameters. Did someone influence the values that you, that you have? Are those values truly who you are? Values can change over time as we grow and that we in how we develop. Sharing may be a number one value for someone right now. It may be a number one value for someone who's younger. And as they get older, loyalty may be a value. And sharing may not be as important. So we have to understand that our values change through time as we evolve. But the most important value that I must say always will be love. Love integrity, loyalty, honesty, and compassion. Those in, in gratefulness as well too. Those are definitely values that you need to have inside of your life in order for your life to truly change. High values actually elevate you towards your happiness, fulfillment, and meaning. Lower values demote you towards anxiety, depression, and suffering. An example of bad values or or lower values could be greed, lust, anger, the ego, or pride illusions slash fear or envy these are values that hold us back that consume us when we indulge in those things they give us they, we give the, we give those values power to hold us back from reaching our potential the time you spend is a reflection of your values so if you're trying to still figure out what your values are how do you spend your time when you spend time spend your time you should reflect on your values to figure out who you truly are so how do you spend your time do you read what do you read who do you hang around are you always going out at night Who are the people that you hang around? What do you watch on television? What do you engage in? What do you listen to? How do you talk to yourself? How you spend your time is a reflection of your values. If you spend time engaging in things that are demeaning to yourself, and you find yourself depressed, then you have a low self-worth of yourself. And that means that that is a part of your value system. So what I'm trying to do is get you to change your values, to find out who you truly are on the inside. Twist it. 
fix it. Look within and figure out who you truly are. Ask yourself, who do I want to be? If you no longer want to be the person that you've been acting like, visualize who you want to be. Find someone who you admire, a mentor, someone you look up to that can be a great example in your life because unfortunately in our lives, too many times, we don't have great examples. Some of us didn't grow up without fathers. Some of us had horrible parents. Some of us had great parents. But where do you get your identity from? I'll tell you a story about at one of Tony Robbins' seminars. And he was trying to counsel this lady. And she was so depressed. And she told him that she was suicidal. And that she wanted to give up. Because her husband left her. Her husband took all the money. Kicked her out of the house and left her. And she said, I helped to build his company. I worked hard day and night and he took everything from me he left my daughter and he left me with nothing I have nothing she said I am nothing and I don't want to be here anymore and Tony listened to her and he asked her questions see asking us questions sometimes can reset our prefrontal cortex because we're thinking in our emotional brain when we act that way our our we have three brains inside of our head we have the reptilian brain the survival brain um which goes by survival um it goes by you know procreation like we're going to sex mate live on or to eat so we have those three things then we have the emotional brain, which is the next. Then the last one is the logical brain, the prefrontal cortex. Usually when our amygdala or we allow our emotions to take over, our prefrontal cortex actually shuts down. So there are ways that you can reset um, your prefrontal cortex and stop your emotions from actually um overwhelming you because there's things that you can do um, with your physiology that can actually help to change that um, so there's a book called the five second rule and in the book it said that if you count backwards from five to one that it will actually help your prefrontal cortex to reset so whenever you're having anxiety or having depression what you can actually do is count backwards five, four, three, two, one. Your logical brain will actually take back over and the emotional center, center will actually start to lose its power. So we can do this by asking ourselves questions. Too many times we complain instead of trying to find the answer or the solution. So we have to ask ourselves the right questions. Instead of 
why does this why does this, is this happening to me we can ask ourselves what can i do to change this what can i do to make this better what is it that i'm supposed to do or what am i supposed to learn from this situation so tony asked her the right questions and he was looking at her physiology and her demeanor and no matter what he said she was still depressed sad suicidal and he asked her a simple question he says what's your maiden name she said garcia and he noticed that when she said her maiden name that her physiology changed her posture was upright her chest was out she became more dignified and he said to her did you notice what just happened when you said your last name your maiden name she's like no he goes what was your father like she goes he was a hard worker he was a good man he put great values and principles inside of uh, taught us great values and principles and that he raised us by and he and he put inside of us and he said whenever you feel that way always remember that you're Garcia then he said it to her again he said say that you're a Garcia and she said I'm a Garcia and when she said that her whole demeanor changed her mindset changed because she remembered who she was she let something on the outside take away her identity too many times we allow circumstances to dictate our destiny and to take us off course of who we truly are so we have to look inside and remember who we are and whose we are if you were privileged enough to have a great family Remember the positive things of your family. Remember the values of your family that you were raised with. And remember who you came from. Remember what you should, what you are supposed to stand for. Never let the world bring you down or tear you down or stop you from being who you truly are. Research has also shown or proven that most people value social conformity so much that they would change their responses and perceptions to align with a group even when the group is blatantly wrong. This is something that needs to change. There are three things that our ego wants in this world strives for acceptance approval acceptance I've got the third one acceptance and approval are, are the main two so let's just go with those right now I'll tell you next week what the other third one is I, I kind of just slipped my slipped my mind right now um, but acceptance and approval um, we always look for the approval from other people. We always want to be accepted by other people. I got it. It just came to my mind. Appreciation. We always want to be appreciated. So we either want to be accepted, approved, 
or appreciated. We look for outside things to fulfill those needs inside of us. But we have to learn how to fulfill those needs inside of us ourselves by realizing who we are and finding our passion and our purpose. When you walk in your purpose, you will feel that appreciation, that approval, and that acceptance, especially when you unite with that divine spark that lives with inside of you. You know that you are a precious jewel and that nothing can ever change that. So, I'm about to bring this down to a close. Our values are our beliefs, attitudes, and opinions that people hold regarding specific issues. They are standards of behavior about what is important to us. I'm going to read that again. This is what our values are. Our values are our beliefs, attitudes, and opinions that people hold regarding specific issues. They are our standards of behavior about what is important to us. What is important to you? That's what we need to ask ourselves. What are your values? So we have to remember that in order to live by sorry Something's happening right now. Um, I just want to remind us all that we have to learn to live by our value system. Figure out what your values are. So next week, we're going to talk about the impact of our values. And we're also going to talk about how to develop our principles as well, too. And... As you go through this week, I want you to remember to be the change that you want to see. And remember that as you go throughout this week, that you are loved, you are important, and you are an overcomer, and that you are more than a conqueror. I'm not just a conqueror. No, not just a conqueror. I'm not just a conqueror. But I'm more than a conqueror. I'm not just a conqueror. No, not just a conqueror. I'm not just a conqueror, but I'm more than a conqueror. The fight is fixed. I know I win. I won't give in. 
Cause I'm more than a conqueror 